welcome to Frock Flicks, the long-awaited uh, podcast return of the podcast. Hi, I'm Tristan L. Bass. I'm Kendra. I'm Sarah Lorraine. And, and we've come back, whether you like it or not. And uh, we have no great excuses for being gone. Just, we're lazy and yeah. we have shit to do and there you go. We're, we're being awesome. We're off being <laughs> awesome and you just have to deal with that. So, but we're back to be you awesome with you. your expectations. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. How dare you. But we have a movie this time. And Woo! It's, and it's of that favoritist, a favoritist of centuries. The 18th. 18th. <laughs> yep. We're falling back on that because, you know, we know you all love it. And what is our movie tonight, folks? The Affair Fair of, the- of the Necklace. All right. And Sorry. who's in this movie? Some people. Uh, and Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody <laughs> and his towel. Mind you, he has a small part, but it is large in our esteem. <laughs> um, and uh, Hilary Swank is the lead. And um, There's some other guy? dude. Oh, Jonathan Price. Yeah. And um, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Walken. And yeah. then the other guys, Simon Baker. Hmm. And Jolie Richardson. Yes, she plays Marie Antoinette. Yes. And she was very good. Yes. And if you don't know, for the, like... Five people in the history of the planet, apparently, who like 18th century stuff and don't know this story. The Affair of the Necklace was when um, some con artists basically tried to pull one over and make it look like Marie Antoinette was um, trying to get this super mega awesome expensive diamond necklace. And of course she wasn't. And it caused a big scandal, and um, that's what the story's about, based on. Yeah, because the French thought that she was profligate, which is my word of the month. Um, and, and that's now it's your word of the month. Now <laughs> it is too. Yes, exactly. So she was blamed for it, even though she didn't really have a part in it. It was one of the many things <clears throat> that fueled anti Marie Antoinette. Yeah, stuff leading up to la revolution. So, so of course, this movie, like most uh, historical movies, plays fast and loose dun, dun, dun. with uh, historical fact and has a lot of fiction in it. Yes. Uh, but it also has some freaking fabulous costumes. Yes, it does. And that's why yes. I, we come back to it. Yeah. And, and I had never seen it before. Oh, and yes, I had actually, cool. and I did not know that it was costumed by the same costumer who did Marie Antoinette. It is. Yes. Mar- Milena Cannonero, yeah. who is Italian and uh, we're lazy bastards. So if you want to know about her, listen to the Marie Antoinette um, <laughs> podcast. That's right. She's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> I read it in a book she did somewhere. The, yes, yes, with pictures. A book with pictures. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? She did this movie before she did Marie Antoinette. Marie yes. Antoinette. Yes. So this came out in go. 2001. Is, you're getting the, the breadth yes. of her experience. Right. right yes. there. The Affair of the Necklace came out in 2001. It was a total flop, apparently. The movie. Yeah, the, it yes. was nominated for Best Costume Design, although it lost. Yes, but the costumes were fabulous. They are the, and, the wigs and the hats. Okay, the yeah. wigs and hats. hats. Wigs and hats. It's all about crap on the head. Oh, yeah. Yes. And this, this movie, I mean... There's been other ones sort of since, but I feel like this was the first one that I noticed that really got the hedgehog 1780s mm-hmm. hair right with the big, curly, messy sort of thing. But a lot of variations, which I yes, like yes. too. Different levels of curl, different shape, and then some sort of long uh, ponytail curl braid, whatever, in back. Yeah. And then just, uh, so it was the first one I remember noticing that really I felt like got that hairstyle right. And then the hats on top of that, they had little poofy caps and big poofy caps and little tricorny sort of buckramy hats yeah. and then big buckramy big tri- honking hats and everything had great ribbons and yeah. um, cockades and yeah. feathers and it was really good because the whole the whole movie more or less is comprised of close ups and mm-hmm. so you really get a lot of very good shots of the head you know the head region yeah. the hair and the hats yeah. and um, and so I think they really did place a lot of emphasis on it but of mm-hmm. course like the long shots where you see the entire character or the entire actor and mm-hmm. their outfits and you see just how Beautiful the outfits are, but definitely the inf- the the inf- 
what's the word? Focus. Focus. <laughs> Which we do not have right now. No. Yeah, that's right. The focus was definitely on what was above the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, they just, it was beautiful. It was a really beautiful movie. And the extras, too. Yes. Everybody um, was really I, was could, I wasn't looking as much as yeah. at the costumes, although I think that they were fine. But, but the uh, again, hair and hats of the person behind the person talking yes. mm-hmm. um, were really good, too. And, and to that note, even the lower class mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. when they would, you know, there are a couple of mm-hmm. scenes where uh, the main characters were kind of bumming about or walking through the city streets, and there would be, you know... Uh, vegetable sellers or, or, you know, whatever random merchants going by. And you would see, you know, a woman whose skirt had just like tons of pleats in the skirt. And, and so there was just, you know, and they all had the nice caps and the hats and the, and the men had uh, their nice, you know, coats and waistcoats and uh, neck socks and the whole, it was very I would, detailed. I would say that, that both men and women's costumes were mm-hmm. really well represented in this movie. There yeah. wasn't, usually sometimes in historical movies you get like one or the other is yeah. really good, but very rarely are both yeah. very good. And I felt that this movie got both costumes, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, men and women costumes were just, they're just beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. they really did, you could tell that there was just a lot of thought and effort put into them. A lot of fullness in the skirts on the yes. women. A lot of built-up necklines on the yes. men, which I really, really thought. Yes. Hot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember which podcast we go off on that. Yeah, we have a whole neckline was, uh, podcast. Yeah. That was the yeah. uh, oh, 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 Vanity Fair. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure yes. that was Vanity yes. Fair. Yeah. It was, I mean, for a... I don't know. I mean, I, I get maybe they thought this would be you know a blockbuster movie because they seem to have really they're a little ahead of their time. I, maybe yeah, that was it. Yeah. I, they, I think it's the bad casting. Well, That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was. We'll get to that in a minute. But yes. <laughs> they um, they paid a lot of attention to the set dressing mm. and the costuming and and they had the locations. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a visually very full, rich movie right. with a lot of details. Um, by the way, the music was pretty cheesy. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was orchestrated throughout. And it I, was, I always It was a very that. modern orchestration. Yes, oh, and yeah. you were led by the hand. Yeah. This is, you're supposed to feel, yeah. or, you know, stressed or and, sad. And, and or... perhaps it's because I'm married to a musician who does film mm. orchestration. It just, it, it was both heavy-handed, but it was also not a appropriate to the era right yeah. and if if he was sitting with us he'd be like oh please yes. you know? <laughs> so, Alanis Morissette doing sort of Eastern European yeah folk. with a touch of Enya oh, yeah and a little Disney Lion yeah. King I mean yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was it was just you know if you heard were, it in any other any other circumstance, yeah. I think I would think it would be beautiful music. Yeah. But in this movie, in this movie I yeah. was jarring. It was pretty yeah. jarring. But, and, you know, and because they had yeah. spent so much time and care on the visuals, mm-hmm. it was just hello. Why are we hearing this? I just mm-hmm. I felt like every scene was way over orchestrated. Yes. In every there was never a moment of dead air in the entire movie, which no. is a complete contrast to like Marie Antoinette, mm-hmm. where a lot oh, yeah. of it is silence. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you just you just kind of you almost hear uh, it's not necessarily complete silence. You'll hear like the breeze and the right. birds chirping and things like that. You just hear nature in the background right. in Marie Antoinette, which I thought more and more, I'm finding a lot. Uh, I appreciate a lot more in movies. And uh, well, I think that's a very increasingly modern. Yeah, technique. yeah, I mean, and this, true. this it does. It, did, little, it was, makes it feel a little dated. Yeah, it was exactly what I felt was yeah. very 1980s. You know, heavy-handed or late 90s. Right. Late 90s. Yeah. 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 yeah, but you know, then again, it it, it is very much a product of its time. It's almost yeah. 10 years old. True. I think in the terms of costumes, though, which is really what <laughs> the podcast true. is about. I think it actually, I think it was too forward-thinking, and the fact that it was yeah. a costume drama. I think it was trying to ride on the heels of like Elizabeth mm. and you know trying to think that maybe we they could make a mainstream movie that mm. would have the same sort of mainstream appeal that Elizabeth had yeah. or Shakespeare in Love right. and it just really fell short of the mark and yeah. now I think if they'd waited like 10 years if they had produced the movie now yeah I think it would have been a hit, and not cast Hillary Swank in yes. the main character. Well, and then there we go. That leads into the casting yeah. because as we all, as we were watching it, it it was just so we all commented about how poorly she cast she was as a lead. So she's cast. just she's very modern of the she, moment. Yes. She's very she's very yeah. modern. She carries herself very modern. She felt very labored in mm-hmm. trying to sort of 
act and especially speak in a period manner. Everything felt very sort of calculated, but you could tell it was out of her element and felt mm-hmm. awkward. Just was a little bit of a tomboyish thing, yeah. which wasn't as huge as the modern thing. Right. She, and it just, oh God, and she has this weird sort of mishmashy accent that comes and goes. Yeah. and But it's just so yeah. calculated. And that's, you know, another thing, I hate to keep comparing it to Marie Antoinette, but you kind of you kinda have, have to. to because, days, you know, it's, this, it's yeah. the same era. It's the same sort yeah. of material, same costumer. And the thing that... Um, that I found was, you know, in Marie Antoinette, what I really liked was that they didn't make the Americans try to have kind of a you know, yeah. mid-Atlantic or an English accent. Exactly. It was just the Americans spoke just with their American accent, right. the English spoke with their English accents, the French spoke with French accents, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of just... Except Judy Davis, who did not speak with her Australian accent. You're right. Good point. Because <laughs> that, that would have been, been too jarring. jarring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, at some point, you have to almost take, like, yeah. the, the Babelfish point of view, which yeah. is like... Okay, yeah. everybody, you know what? Everybody speaks whatever they speak. Well, it's also, it's like if you had a cast that was really strong. Like, if you had Meryl Streep, I mean, yeah. you'd have her doing accents because she's great yeah. and it wouldn't get in the way right. of her performance. Right. But it made a lot of sense in a movie like Marie Antoinette if that's not all your actors' yeah. strong suit. Well, you know. And when you have a large cast. Yes, I but think just that's where it do what you're comfortable, apart. do what you're good at, yeah. etc. The other thing with... Um, with Hilary Swank is that we, we noted several times during the movie that um, her and her, her lover's character, who's Villette, was that? Rateau de Villette. Rateau de Villette. Some of the, the dialogue that was written for oh, them geez. was just cheesy. Yeah. It was just, it was just cliche. Mm-hmm. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, it was just not inspired. It was not original. It was forced. It was, and so, and especially coming out of her in particular, him not as as bad, but her in particular, it just made it worse. So, yeah, um, I think the dialogue was 50% and the performance was 50%. Yeah. As always with a movie like this that falls short of its mark, I always wonder to what degree the studio got in and mucked around. Right. Like what was people's original vision and then were things re edited or rewritten or whatever. Because I have to admit, there had this slight little emotional thing that I saw this movie when it came out when I was living down in L.A. in Santa Monica, and the writer was in the theater oh. with all of these friends. And we just, they were all congratulating him wow. and cheering and blah, blah, blah. So there's a part of me that's like, oh, I'm sorry, writer, but some of your lines were cheesy. Yeah. Well, I did notice, too, there was a couple of instances where the scene transitions were really disjointed. They would have, like, a, a quick kind of a... You'd fade to black, and then you would come into a new scene, mm-hmm. and the scene would be completely sort of... It was supposed to be a transitioning scene, but it would end so fast and then fade to black immediately, and then you'd be back into, like, another yeah. kind of, you know, main story arc scene mm-hmm. that uh, there was really something like, you know, this feeling of, of well, how much got cut out. Yeah. Well, and you especially, I think, yeah. I even find the Affair of the Necklace convoluted. Mm-hmm. The times I've read it yes. in history books, the mm-hmm. times I've watched the movie, exactly. or I've had to go back and now wait. Why didn't people? What? What? Did the, why did they care about Marie Antoinette? Right. Why did they? Mm-hmm. You know what happened? Who? So I do. I think a big part of it probably was if they're trying to go for a mainstream audience. Obviously, they've got this yes. movie. Oh, great! We've cast this big star, Hillary Swank. Okay, yes. so we're going for mainstream appeal, right? Um, so, to what degree did they try to make things very obvious right. for your average? Mm-hmm. You know, viewer right. from Iowa. No, it, I mean, it's true. I mean, the history, and, and that was another thing we picked apart um, as we were watching it. The the history of the story is just blatantly wrong in places and um, totally simplified and, and, and mushed together in other places in the movie. Uh, because the story is complicated in history. Yes. What happened was strange. I mean, basically, it was essentially, it was a con game. Um, but you know, the hows and whys and how it affected the politics of the times is, is much more complicated. And in some ways they stripped that out because it's very complicated. Sure. And they focused on the individual and tried to make it, you know, uh, uh, who's, you know, the good guy. And sure. And they try to make you sympathetic yeah. they, too. They definitely... It's Vanity Fair all yeah. over again. They're trying to make you sympathetic with sure, the main right. character because sure. from everything sort of that's in the historical record, I mean, Jean... Just yeah. seems like she, yeah, she was a con artist. Yeah. She was. Yeah. She was she out was trying out to get money. And, and money. the history, the history basically is, you know, Sean was was very unsympathetic in the yeah. history. She was very money grubbing, very ambitious, yeah. and and uh, um, Cardinal de Ruin. Rowan. Yeah. Okay, Francis, my boyfriend is going to just totally like <laughs> roll his eyes. Hate me for my yeah. French accent. Right. Um, <laughs> 
had a couple of cocktails. So yeah. French gets bad here. Anyways, um, so Rouen was kind of, uh, he was more just a, a, an idiot, you know, yeah. kind of sort of naive, stupid he was kind the of character in, in real is. life. Yes. Yeah. And in the movie, they have to make this whole effort to kind of, you know, make him so unsympathetic yeah. that you understand that what she's doing. So she, she becomes a more sympathetic character. Right. Jean becomes a more sympathetic character. Because she's ripping off somebody who's... Who deserves it. Yeah. 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 So... Oh, no, of course, I don't know too much yeah. about Cardinal de Rohan. He could have been a horrible character. Yeah. But okay. as far as the affair of the necklace yes. goes, he was pretty much just a dupe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. He was just kind of being used yeah. and, you know, um, Jean de Lamotte and all that. She was... Totally getting going out of her money. She, however, you know, the French populace sympathized with her because she was set up against the queen, who right. they were already turning against, and the, the inject this crazy expensive diamond necklace. And they so and the populace associated that with the queen's well, debt to begin with. They basically they didn't believe that the queen wasn't involved. Yeah, they they believed the queen is so horrible. She's so money grabbing. Yeah. She must be involved. And they couldn't believe so, that Jean uh, was was you know trying to right. was was trying to con right. the queen out of anything yeah. or con, con anybody out of anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they sympathized. Oh, this poor you know who was the, who was the girl that played the queen in this again? Jolie uh, Richardson. Jolie Richardson. What else has she been in? Does anyone know? Lots of things off the top of my head. My I God, I just saw the that. new Day of the Triffids, which I'm sure nobody else has seen. The British version. She was in that. She's been in tons of stuff. Uh, okay, well I'll go she's, back and look, look her up. She's right. Vanessa Redgrave's daughter, oh, sister yeah. of Natasha. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. And right. I actually think she was. She was fabulous. She is. She did. She's a great actress. She did a great job in the role. I liked her too because she's beautiful, but slightly off looking. She's not like mainstream looking. No, so it worked really well for Marie Antoinette, who was thought of as very beautiful, but also has some things that objectively mm-hmm. you would look at and think they're a little funny looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she, I, I really, really liked watching her, um, watching Julie Richardson as as Marie Antoinette. Um, I thought the carriage of the actress was just yes. really good. Mm-hmm. I thought that the... Great wigs. Great. Oh my I mean, God. on everybody, but... but no, on her, especially her. Just beautiful. That frizzy curl. I mean, oh. and that was the thing that we kept coming back to, I think, as we were watching yeah. the movie, just that the wigs going, wow, if we could just find wigs that, you know, just we could do that with. Yeah, yeah, it was just... We have to work harder at hair. Oh, we, we do. suck at hair. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, I don't suck at hair. <laughs> you look at that movie, though, and okay. you realize Comparatively, yeah, I suck, suck at, at hair. hair. Yeah. Because there was this, uh, well, the one, the prostitute had that fabulous, yes. like, yes. frizzy wig. Yes. That I was like, I just want to yes. find that. And I know, I know I could fry a wig really badly and probably come up with that, but I I don't even yeah, I mean, when even the prostitute in the movie <laughs> has a freaking awesome wig, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good yeah. level of detail in yeah. the movie. Back to the language, the prostitute reminds me again about language mm-hmm. and Hilary Swank's bad oh. accent. <laughs> I thought the prostitute was great. She's a great actress. She looks great, blah, blah, blah. But they have her doing a Cockney accent. Yeah. So that, again, your average viewer, my sister, you know, is like, <laughs> oh, she's lower class. Oh, oh, oh. I'm a prostitute. Yeah, of course I'll help you. Mr. Feigen. Come on, queen. Of course I'll help you. Hello, governor. Okay, we're sorry. We're <laughs> I mean, but yeah. That was for you Brits to cringe. Yes, <laughs> cringe yes, yes. Uh, I mean. We that, love you guys. <laughs> that was kind of the level of sometimes the script uh, just kind of devolved into cliche. Although yeah. that, that's not script, that's direction. Yeah, that is. Well, I but it's so. a little both. Okay, yes. I mean. Yeah, it's possible. It's I mean, both. if the script, if it had been written, you know, drop it the can, H's. <laughs> it can be written. H's in France. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a line from the boyfriend, which we actually should. Have you guys ever seen? No. <laughs> we should actually podcast. I don't even know what it point. is. It's but a, we got a it's digress. Twiggy. I'm sorry. I'm going to okay. digress for a second. Uh, coming to a frock flicks near you. Um, <laughs> don't make it's, a, it's a movie that was done in I think 1969, 1970. It's Ooh. it stars Twiggy. Oh my god. And Tommy Toon and a couple of other well known kind of stage screen actors of the late 60s and. Um, and it's basically set in the 1920s, and oh it's sort of God. one of the behind. It's behind the scenes of a of a small production of this play called The Boyfriend, which is an actual <laughs> 1920s play, and it's done with actual 1920s right. music and okay. everything. But it's more behind the scenes, and um, you know the cast and their little in, interactions, and occasionally they tune into the the main stage. 
But anyway, we should yeah. do that because it's okay. Okay. But moving on. on. <laughs> right. So the necklace itself in the affair of the necklace, um, point of information for customers, it's a really crappy necklace <gasps> because you couldn't actually wear it. What would you? Okay. Well, first off, we should say I think from Didn't what it, isn't it actually though based on an actual piece? No, the, the, I think it's a pretty good representation yeah. of the original, yeah. which which is no longer uh, in existence, existence oh, of course, because they broke it up to right. sell it. But there uh, are drawings, and I think I just want to mention that the, the necklace itself is just so impractical. Yeah. What and would you wear it with? Because it comes down to like your belly button. It's, I would assume there's no you would have to, actual 18th century yeah. necklines that that would be flattering. Well, I would, I would have to assume that the, you know, the longest piece would hang over your stomacher and then like the rest of it would be up the It would be so, <coughs> and it would be it's so ostentatious. But the little dangly bits that come down. The dangly on the yeah, sides. I mean, it's ugly. you know, yeah. look it up online, people. Well, du- it was designed for DuBerry. Yeah. DuBerry could have pulled it DuBerry off. DuBerry yeah. was a hoe, so, yeah. you know. Well, you know, that's the thing they didn't really talk about in the movie was the exact why, why the necklace was created in the first place. It just kind of starts, and you just see the, you know... She does make an offhand comment about it being made for DuBerry and not being into it. You guys were talking over that, I guess. (laughs) It's our... It's my fault. I missed it. But, okay, so some of the other characters, uh, maybe some of the men... Jonathan Price is Cardinal Rohan, and I think that he's great. See, that's the thing that's interesting... Is the the two leads? So we got Reto de Villette, which we haven't mm-hmm. talked. Actually, we should talk about him first. Sure. Okay. okay. He's okay. Uh, no, but again, well, it's, it's maybe it's bad writing, but I don't. I mean, I think he's awkward too. So you've got two leads yeah. who are awkward and don't yeah. really fit. Yeah. And I don't know that it's it's not that he's modern or what it is, but he's just cheese. It's just the care. It's it's the words that he's given. I think he's yeah. a, he's a decent actor, and I think him and Hilary Swank have decent chemistry. They, yeah, they have pretty good chemistry. It's I just that the so. words that they have to say to each other are so mm-hmm. cliche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so but his his. His, um, again, with all the men's costuming, mm-hmm. his is very, very fine, mm-hmm. very d- great details. He has some, he has some nice wigs, mm-hmm. some nice hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's a big failing with the movie is that you've got two leads that aren't really believable. Yeah. And, and, and also, but everybody if else you, is if really you great. them, yeah. everyone else Other is, than their clothes. Yeah, because the clothes are worth watching. No matter what, no matter how bad you think the movie is, the clothes make it worth watching. Yeah, I mean, you just drink through the movie and yeah. watch the costumes. Yeah. Which, Kendra was obviously, telling us we did too. That, that Kendra was telling us that the uh, a lot of the some of the costumes show up again in Marie Antoinette, so yes. they're recycled. So if yeah. you haven't seen the Duchess, you've probably seen. Or I'm sorry, I haven't seen yeah. the Affair of the Necklace. Right, my bad. Yeah. You've probably seen them already if you've seen Marie Antoinette. So. Yeah. Um, so, and Rohan, you were saying. Okay, so Rohan is Jonathan Price. I think he's great. Um, he's very, as the character is yeah. written, you know, yeah. he's very uh, evil and um, can, uh, egocentric. And he, he has this very great sense of self-importance. And, yes. you know, when he thinks he's going to be made cardinal. And so he's going to burn Not the letters. Because, oh, no, it's or cardinal. He already is cardinal. Yes. He's going to be made prime minister. He's yes. going to burn the letters. And it's this great noble thing. And. But just because he's so full of self-importance yes. and he's this great little toady of yeah. a manservant who's always following him around. Who actually and... has a really cool wig. Did you yeah, know I like with yeah. the curly on the side. Little curls Again, on the side. Wigs, wigs. Yeah, I mean, this is an amazing movie for wigs. I mean, we should look, we should have looked up, but we didn't. You look it up for yourself. I'm sure it's on online somewhere. Um, the, whoever did the, the team, I'm sure, who did the wigs for this, really did a spectacular job. And again, of all, not just the principals, but the secondaries, like mm-hmm. that toady for, for Rohan. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't it was just a standard wig. Yeah, not everybody was wearing the same style. There yeah. were lots of variations, variations, which was nice. And so yeah. that's the thing, too. If you're looking to recreate 18th century costumes, I mean, a movie like this is fantastic because you can get diversity. Yes. Right. So you're not just saying, here's the same old wig. But... Actually, all within the right era. Yes. yes. That was also another thing. Yes. Having just watched, oh, a friend of mine, I had a, actually, I couldn't really remember it, so I had a relatively decent review of Plunkett and McLean on my website. Oh, a friend yeah. re-wa- rewatched and said, no, you got to watch it because it's terrible, and I'm going to yeah. update my review because it's hilariously bad. Actually, that would be a great one to podcast. That would be <laughs> But it's a total mishmash. It's supposed to be set in 1744, and there's like, somebody's in 1780s, somebody's and it's in 17. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. But anyway, but this, they're actually... In the right, yeah. Era. These are these have got a good historical basis. It's very consistent, and, and I'd say there aren't some theatrical oh, sure. changes, uh, but but it, but it's all kind of in the same vein. Yes. And again, you look at those secondary characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even <laughs> we were noting uh, looking at the trial scenes, 
And yeah, there's some crazy eyebrows on the older men. But older men have crazy eyebrows. They do. Andy uh, I'm Rooney. Sorry. Every I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Andy one Rooney. guy that I picked out, the crazy eye, he shows up in every single 18th century period movie that I've ever watched. <laughs> Maybe it's just his eyebrows. Weird. I don't know. I think it's just this Modern look crazy like, eyebrows. 16th century crazy. Everybody has crazy eyebrows. When yeah. you get past 60 and you're a man, you have crazy eyebrows unless you like are mm. fastidious. But the all all the the court the the people in the court I'm, I'm making a lot of air quotes I'm just gonna let you know <laughs> I don't know why I'm going crazy court. with the or air quotes you can see the air quotes over don't here. know why air quoting I'm just like what the hell stop my hands anyway but all the they, you would think they would they kind of look like barristers like English barristers in a way but they all had because they were dressed in like red robes and yeah. stuff but they had. And they all had the white wigs, but they had slightly different white wigs. Yes. yes. You know, the curls were in slightly different places, or they had slightly different numbers of curls. The poof, the, the poof was, different. was different. The front, the, the hairline. Um, hairline was different. Can I can I bring it back to Cardinal Ruin, though? Yeah. I wanted to say that, that he actually, the costumes that he was wearing, usually when you get like a cardinal character, and yeah. this, is, this is definitely something that's shown up in like Elizabeth. Yeah. Where they're just stuck in like the red yeah, robes, yeah, and that's the all. They're just boring. Red. I mean, the the... the, the, the the materials are probably very opulent, and sure. of course. And then, um, but in this movie, number one, they did use that that uh, the, the, the silk moire, yeah, gorgeous cardinal red silk moire yes. that we would all kill for. <laughs> um, but they had him out of they had him in various different costumes, yes, which I thought I really enjoyed, like his hunting outfit, yeah. his his Turkish lounging, yeah, kind of yes. that was great, thing. Yeah. He just had this robe that was very, uh, you know, it was it was cardinal, yeah, it was, but it, it was, was the colors, yes. cardinal, yeah, it still was, was relaxed. Know, the yes, man, so, the man is dressing down. <laughs> And he had had lots of layers. Yes, Yes, lots of layers. And you could tell because, of course, he was dressing down and he, Mm -hmm. what am I even fucking air quotes? Uh, (laughs) I just sit on my hands or something. He was dressing down and he was still, he's a a prince of the blood Uh and he was a cardinal. And so you got little bits of all of that in his costume Mm -hmm. through the colors and the quality and the layers and all of that. Mm -hmm. It was really well done. I really thought that that was something that's that's pretty unique in a movie. Uh, Usually if you have a uh, character, you know, the cardinal, he is the cardinal. He's always in his robe. It wasn't that cliche. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, they they did a nice job of giving him different outfits. As you, you would assume that somebody in the real world, Certainly. you know, would have had. You don't think the Pope runs around in <laughs> robes all the time? Maybe you do. I don't. I personally. That's think, what I think. I think he wears a speedo on occasion. <laughs> you know, he's your. Please don't let me see okay. that. Okay. <laughs> Although you know, the Pope does have um, really fine Italian leather shoes. I yeah. I bet he I does. Bet he have is. you seen the pictures? Yes. He has really yes. freaking awesome shoes. We should podcast about the Pope shoes sometime. We will. Noted for later. <laughs> yes. yes. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the Cardinal yeah. was an actual person mm-hmm. in his clothing. Yes. Uh, not just a caricature, even yeah. though um, the rest of the script did devolve into, you know, caricature Pretty and cliche at times. Well, I think we like all the supporting characters, yeah. because next on the list is Christopher Walken as Count Cagliostro, <gasps> yes. who is fabulous. Christopher fucking how, Walken. Chris, yes. How can Christopher fucking Walken not be fabulous? Yes, yes. No air so quotes amazing. whatsoever. No. He's yeah. this charlatan... He's, I think he's supposed to be Italian, and yeah. but he's just this charlatan, mesmer, hypnotist, yeah. seer, Mystic, yeah. and, and he's just great. I mean, he <laughs> oh, just he plays it really campy and really funny, and um, he has a great wig. He has an really, awesome wig. Well, kind of has this heart shape. But wasn't it very? Huh? Wasn't it very Dracula though? Oh sure, it but was. I think it wasn't supposed to be an 18th century wig. But it's so cool. No, it was really cool, and because he, he's supposed to be this mystic, and I'm sure he's probably claiming he's, he's five. And he's 500 years old, yes, and you know all yes. that stuff. And the great scene where he takes it off yes, when yes. he's talking to. Jean and he's yes. letting down his yes. facade because they're Certainly. now getting down to brass tacks. About and then he's got, and he's got he's a little, little wig cap. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. awesome. Was that was a nice touch. I, yeah. yeah, and I guess it, I guess the thing that we really we really see throughout this movie in a lot of in a lot of instances is there's there's dimension dimensionality yes. Yes. of 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 the characters in terms of the transition between their you know, formal wear yes. to their mm-hmm. dressing down or to their casual type Definitely. of wear. And there's there's lots of, again, layers there that are, are really, you know, really integral to that whole sort mm-hmm. of look. And I think that they got that very right, especially in the male characters. Yeah, I would say that this, is, really this is a movie to watch if you want to see 18th century menswear done well. Yes, yes. Um, I would totally agree. Yeah, I would, I would think that, you know, if you need any inspiration in 18th century men's clothes, this movie is a really good mm-hmm. resource for getting kind of the visual of how these things would look on a real body. 
you know, it, and we all have to guess, kind of throw up our caution flags here and say, you know, don't just costume straight from movies. Unless unless it's what you really want to yeah, do. Right. If you I want mean, to document things as, like, historically accurate, you got to right. do a little bit more research. Sure. But it never hurts to but, watch these movies and, yeah, and kind of get an idea or get inspired. Well, and you get to see yeah. things moving and how people are using them, mm-hmm. which, which is one. I mean, you do your research from historical sources, and that's great. And then yeah. if you want to get to see things moving, and particularly for menswear, because... It, you know, it, you because you've you've got bifurcation, yes. <laughs> um, you've got arms, and you know it, you, there is much more movement mm-hmm. than sometimes you can really see in women's clothing, and and it's just it's it's kind of a revelation in a way to see how men are moving and how they're using their clothes, and again the various states of dress, mm-hmm. and that's a lovely. Um, segue segue <laughs> into our very favorite costume. Our favorite costume because of the because movie. Yes. to belie the the yes. um, this is one of the Rossler's rules of costuming for the like two people who probably know the rules in masquerade costuming that no costume is no costume. Sometimes <laughs> there is an exception when it's a towel. <laughs> when it's a towel, Adrian yes. Brody's towel in this oh, movie. Yeah. No costume can costume. be a costume. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. we were very happy. Oh, this, okay, so Adrian Brody. This is this is Sarah speaking here. In case you cannot follow, <laughs> I just want to I want to just say this for, for the, the record, record. For the record, I have been a huge Adrian Brody fan for a very long time, and most people are like, "Really? He's got such a weird nose." I, oh. if you think this, I I suggest you watch this movie. And oh. you, you freeze frame the whole bath scene. I'm just saying, Adrian Brody, what naked hot. <laughs> Long hair, towel. <laughs> Did what else need we say mean? more? Yeah. And on top of that, so yes, on top of Adrian I would Brody, like to be on top. Like, yes, obviously, <laughs> or underneath. The, sure. I'm not picking. I'm more flexible. Oh yeah. God, the Next, very, the bon very flexible. Oh, at, yes, licking the bonbon. But the point is, is he, in addition to being Adrian Brody and ergo hot, he plays those very rakish characters. Oh, we plays love John's, boys. Uh, husband. Who's this total flake, flake, shyster, flake. whatever type, womanizer, and so, womanizer, and, and he's she just, doesn't care about him. No, well, she's over him. She probably <laughs> she's, did at one point, she's and sick yeah. Of him, you know. But the point is, he's this great rake, and, and he's, he's beautiful, and he's beautiful, and he wears a towel, and we wish he'd drop the towel, but you know, we can it was get pretty so down low. Though, it was so low. You can see the happy trail. Yes, <laughs> and yes. you can see, you can just imagine. Where yes. Yes, he was, was, he was quite beautiful, and uh, and yeah. So Adrian Brody, pause up, thumbs up, a lot of things. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Back around to the. Um, <laughs> Can we just like pause for a, a moment? moment of silence? <sighs> okay, back okay. to the women's costume. I thought one thing that I really loved is um, that they got. I felt like they got a really great 1780s skirt shape. Yeah, and I was talking about this while we were watching the movie. Something that always drives me crazy is what are the right underpinnings to wear for late 70s, early 80s? When if you look at portraits and fashion plates, you still have a very big silhouette. It's right. just more rounded and back. Yeah. It's not as wide as panniers, but there's still a lot of hip. Yeah. And now we've got butt in it as well. Mm-hmm. And at one point, she takes off, uh, the lead character, Jean, takes off her dress, and she's wearing this hoop, like a half hoop, yeah. that's pitched towards the back. Yeah. Now, I've looked into it, and I don't think there's any historical basis for it, but I do think it creates a really nice shape. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people wear kind of a 16th century bum roll. I've tried that. It kind of works. A lot of people wear a pad and back, which is good for late, late 1780s. Mm-hmm. But for this bigger era, I thought they really got the silhouette yeah, yeah, beautifully. Yeah, yeah, and it was a it it was one of those things where I don't know. I, I guess as you know, a historical costumer, you're always kind of stuck in a situation where you want to get the look right. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that really backs up your yeah. you know right. what what you figure you can you know is being utilized underneath. Um, and, and it's always the historical underwear issue is just yes. one of these things that we can go around in circles with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fortunate thing, of course, in the 18th century is we have a lot more documentation about it. But, you but know, honestly, bottom line is that, yeah, we really don't exactly know what they were doing. Were they layering, like, a ton of petticoats? Were yeah. they using, like, five bum rolls? Mm-hmm. Were they using panniers that were slightly yeah. different shapes? Um, and, and there's just sort of this gap. And it's one of these things, it's one of these, like, kind of transition years, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah. movie starts in uh, 1887? 17... 
Or 17. 1787? Well, I mean, when well, she's a child, it's 1760-76. They probably had a title in card, and I forgot. Yeah, it says it in the movie, but it's sometime in, like, kind of the mid... mid it's mid-1780s. And yeah. there's it's one of these transition periods, and I'm always really fascinated with transition periods in yeah. fashion. And, um, and it's really one of the most interesting things about transition periods is there's so much... There's so much lacking of in, yes. in the information about what they were wearing and how they were wearing it underneath the clothes, yeah. of course, that everybody's painting and sketching. Yeah. And, right. And so well, on. and what did it really look like in right. real life versus what was an artistic, right. you know, impression? Yeah. And I strongly suspect that, you know, different women did different things. Yes. I mean, just as and today. Yes. You do you what know, works for your body. Totally. And yeah. depends on how committed you are to being ultra-fashionable. Right. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, you know? and even to be the ultra, like, if, if you know, we've got three women here who have very different body types and, and very different uh, preferences, but if we all want to be ultra-fashionable today, even if we want to get the same silhouette and shape, we would all have to, just simply by dint of our different types and shapes and heights and, and widths and all that, we would have to do very different things mm-hmm. underneath our clothing right. to achieve mm-hmm whatever fashionable shape we wanted to achieve. Right. And and that's that's the same throughout history. Yeah. It probably wasn't like one corset style to see yes, everybody. Exactly. There was probably yes. a myriad of corset you know, styles that, you know, the if corset you had, styles if the... you were busty, you had this style. If you, you know, had a had a thick waist, you had this style. Well, it also probably happened yeah. very organically too. I'm thinking Possibly. about you 16th just... century where there isn't much documentation yeah. on on oh, bodies, yeah. corsets. Right. And I mean there are two one yeah. is very late and uh, 16th century, and one is very early 17th, right? right the Dorothea yeah. ones. Yeah, and Dorothea is 1597. Yeah. The There's two. So, first off, most people could not be wearing courses, but there could be others. Those two are very different from each other. And so, there could be many other styles mm-hmm. exactly. that we haven't even thought of. And because of the way fashion and clothing was created, and I think you could say this up through the 18th century, although it's yeah. becoming more standardized. There is more information out there. There right. are more shops, blah, blah, right. blah. And there's but a lot still, you're kind of doing yeah. what works for you and what you Certainly. work out or your seamstress or tailor works out, yeah. and maybe they do that, and other people in that city maybe do. Who knows? Yeah. But that could be kind of idiosyncratic and slightly different than what they do in right. the next city over well, and, or the next house over. And those oh. idiosyncratic... Idiosyncrasies are the same same things that you know all of us would do today. While you know, we just shop different places. We shop different places and combine different shapers or different bras or whatever you know to to create whatever silhouette we think is the fashionable silhouette of the day. I mean, again, even if the three of us wanted to wear the same dress, we would have to wear different stuff under it to make that dress work. Right. Uh, the same way, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the same throughout time. You know, right. if we wanted to do the same thing, it's just going to be you know right. different. I mean, we're going to have different amounts of petticoats or different our corsets are going to be different shapes, and and you know that stuff is not documented because what survived is random. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure, it's totally random. Yes, and what's yes. been documented, what what people wrote about. I mean, even. You know, if you look at, I mean, I've been reading some, you know, autobiographies from the 16th century, and first off, they're rare. There aren't many, Mm -hmm. because people didn't start writing stuff down really until the 19th century. And what people wrote down, they're not writing about. Well, Mm -hmm. my petticoat should be, you know, 112 inches Well, how many times do you write, like, you know, in your diary or in your live journal or whatever? So, my bra size or my underwear. I know. You you don't don't really talk about that. If I write about clothes, I write about, well, I bought this at Target or I I found this great deal thrifting. Because you don't see it as being important, even though we are desperately interested in fashion. I'm not writing about I'm wearing Spanx today or something. I mean, that's not the stuff I write And I got the style that has a slightly wider leg because you know yeah. like or, or whatever or you know i mean like i think on my live journal i've written like twice about bras now and that's it out of like yeah. 10 yeah. years right. worth of anything yeah. but yeah. bras are actually probably very important to you and they are very yes. important because oh, you yeah. have because you know yeah. when you go shop for them they're they've got to work they've got to be comfortable they got to look good I have you to know try on all different styles and yes. it's like very complicated and and, <laughs> and when you were making your own whole courses yeah. it, you would make things and you would like and we've all made ones, sure. and it's all like, oh my god! 
getting this just right and getting that just right. And on my last course, did it pinch too much here? So I'm going to let that out on the next one yeah, and all and, those kinds of things. And do I want read or do I want steel or I want to be steel here but read there? And, uh, yes. All this kind of yeah. All this kind of crap. Or front lacing and back lacing or, you know. I think too, well, you know, in the 18th century, I could, now, now we're, we're talking modern reproductions here where we kind of make... We make adjustments based on our comfort level because, yeah. you know, number one, we're not going to be living in this 24-7. We're not sure. used to wearing the clothes all the time. Um, so, you know, we, we make these adjustments for our modern stature yeah, and our modern too. comforts and, and things like that. Whereas back in the day, of course, you know, they, they basically wore it, you know, maybe yeah. 12 hours out of the day, 16 hours of the day. Mm-hmm. They we're used to that kind of confining and we're not, you know, we're not used to all the layers of clothes. And, and even the people who do wear a lot of historical costumes, mm-hmm. it's, it's a different yeah. kind of experience. Well, it's a mentality of yeah. this is what it feels like to feel dressed. I mean, for me, I'm a large breasted woman and even for small breasted women, I think the same thing. If I went to the grocery store without a bra on, oh, God, I would no. feel <laughs> awkward, no. uncomfortable, and inappropriate. Yes. The same I, if it was the 19th century. I'm always like this. If I go out to check the mail, I've got my hands, you know, I wedged under my armpits. I have this conversation with my husband. He's like, <laughs> we're going to go, let's, oh, let's go out and get some takeout somewhere. I'm like, okay, hold on. i got to put my bra on. Because, you know, I've been laying, laying sure. around the house. Yeah. He's like, it's all right. You look fine. Like, it's not a matter of looks. Yes. It's a matter of being appropriate. Because like, every woman has seen another woman not wearing a bra and gone hmm. and guys just don't but <laughs> no judgment for those women who don't wear a bra but i'm just saying what what most women yeah. feel yeah ready to greet the outside world and yes. it's a it's it's a large part of it is is a sensation yeah and a look totally. so it's the same thing of, of and, and that in in a historically time it would have been that's what corset, it felt like to feel appropriately yeah, prepared to go perfect, outside yeah. or or inside and meet other exactly. people so what were we talking about? Oh, there was a movie, apparently. <laughs> right, we were talking about a movie. We like to do this. Um, back to the costumes, I'm wondering which ones stood out at you as ones you particularly liked Good. and which ones you uh, didn't yes. like quite so much. Um, there's so many hats and, and things yeah. like that, for sure. But I love um, Hilary Swank. She has a green uh, velvet sort of red goatee looking jacket, which I love, that has this fabulous hat with it. And yeah. then in the next scene, she wears this black riding hat with a really fabulous, kind of tricorny. Um, thing when she first goes to meet the cardinal and both of those always jump out at me and I'm like I need to make those yeah. and and it's that whole sort of simplicity not the pattern line but to be simple <laughs> uh, day wear thing yeah. I don't know there's some things that I love about sort of classic lines like that yeah I think for me it was uh, there were there were two costumes that stood out and in terms of the women's wear um, one was Hilary Swank's, uh, she was in a, again, it was sort of a, a jacket, um, was I, I'm trying to remember exactly now, it was sort of a dark color and possibly black, might have been olive and black shot taffeta with the, uh, the lapels that were embroidered. And, um, and then there was sort of, it was echoed again in, um, what's her face, it's Marie Antoinette's, mm-hmm. uh, outfit. She had more, um, True to a replica of the, uh, the Kyoto accurate, jacket. the Kyoto, mm. you know, kind of yeah. blue with the embroidery and the lapels, and mm. and I'll have to put them up on the website because yeah. I can't describe. You them all know the Kyoto right jacket now. that yeah. they made for Jefferson in Paris. They exactly. made everything precisely. Yes, yeah. yeah. so, everybody's I mean, made it. Yeah. I'm always it's drawn fabulous. to that look, it's you know, because it's just a really cute look. Yes. So, so that's that's what caught my eye in this yeah. in terms of the women's wear. Oh God. Uh, don't look at me. Uh, things you liked no, or didn't like. like. or didn't like. I mean, I like... I like that Adrian Brody, or I didn't <laughs> like that Adrian Brody did not drop his towel. That's, yes. You know, yes. Okay, um, one thing I hated, actually, was Adrian Brody's low hat. Oh, it's, yes. But it was, it was accurate. It really no, it's was. actually wrong. No. Uh, no, I mean, it's accurate for the era, but it was inappropriate <laughs> for him. His big nose just um, it, didn't work. Okay, so he, it's towards the end, uh, it's after he's been discovered, or the it's all in, been discovered. It's in. Um, the, he's in the street, and he gets yes. harassed by a gendarme, and, and he's going to get arrested. They're selling diamonds, and they've all been. Uh, he, everyone's being discovered at this point for for the the affair. And he's wearing this low um, low hat with a wide brim. It's a very nicely constructed hat. It's beautiful, um, kind of a long uh, fur, shiny beaver sort of um, hat. Um, 
don't make any dirty jokes there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, you can tell it's beautiful, thick fur. It's like the jazzling. It's really nice. <laughs> um, and it's got a beautiful buckle on it. It's a very nice hat. It looks terrible on him. Mm. Um, it's a low hat and with a wide brim, which is terrible on his face because he's got a long, narrow face with that long, big nose. It's just so awful f- combination. <laughs> he should be wearing, which would be also very perfect for the era, a tall hat with a narrow brim. And there were some. And, and I can't remember if it was him wearing it or no, if it was, was Rateau de was, Villette. Other, he had particularly had, had one, one black outfit with a black excellent. hat that had a, yeah. a sloping yes. crown that got narrow towards the top yes. and a short brim, and it was really, it was really that nice. When that was very elegant. Chic. When Villette was all dressed up to the nines to deliver the, the message to Rowan, remember mm-hmm. that? He came no. and he delivered one of the messages to, mm-hmm. to Rowan, and... Uh, and it was in the presence of Jean, and there was this whole exchange between Rouette, Ren and Jean about how Villette was loyal to nice. whatever. Anyway, yes. he looked really good. Like, <laughs> yes. He was very done up very well. He had, you know, a multitude yes. of, of layers. It's layers. Layers on boys. Boys, layers. And yeah, even on women, though. No, I mean, true, totally. It's one of these things where you notice in the costumes, especially on women, if you don't build up the trim, if you yes. don't build up the neckline, if you don't add, like, you know... A the, little frill in the neckline. Or, or, or the... Um, Fillette, not fillet. What is it called? The uh, uh, tucker. Fichu. Fichu. Yeah. Okay, thank not God. a tucker. Not a tucker. Not a tucker. Tristan's been traumatized by she tuckers. She has been. We, we beat her with tuckers. Yes, yes. during the Eugenie project. Yes. She was she's traumatized. Yes. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, but but just layers. the layers and, and adding as many, like layers of trim, layers of clothes, yeah. it adds dimension and adds reality. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times that, you know, people when they, when they recreate a costume, especially in the 18th century they do an 18th century recreation it it can be beautifully tailored but it will look flat if it doesn't have that additional type kind of like you know layering of of Mm -hmm. you know ruching and and trimming and ribbons and things and lace because the century was all about excess yeah well until you get to late 1780s and then it gets very tailored Uh, but but still still you can still have layers with tailored stuff yeah i think at that point when you're talking like late 1780s for women's wear then you've got to kind of follow the men's wear line yes you have to build it up build it up yeah in the neckline and the clothing Mm -hmm. and you know make sure you have a cravat or you know whatever that's called where you the neck thing yeah yeah and uh and but I, I just, it's one of my peeves. It really is. That yeah. Just seeing seeing these very flat 18th century costumes. Well, I think, I'm like, oh, I want to just throw a bunch of junk on it. I think one of the hitches, I think there's two hitches. One is with uh, layering for us, the three of us, we live in California. Oh, it's hot. And it's it hot. Is hot. Yeah. It is hot. So that can be very difficult. I love a lot of the outfits in here. And I will mm. probably, I have plans to make a running goat, but then I worry, when am I going to wear, wear it? it? Yeah. Because it's going to be warm. Yeah. The other thing is, I think, with most customers I know, we tend to sew for deadlines. And we yeah. get all excited. There's an X event coming up, yeah. or costume college, or whatever. I'm going to make something new. Yeah. So... The odds of us getting it done early enough to let, trim it, let alone, like, really finish yes. it. I mean, how many times have you worn something that you just barely finished? Yeah. And, you know, so... But don't uh, the, stop something, there. I'm just no, saying, I'm don't just, stop there. Well, I'm not yeah. excusing it. I'm just saying for myself, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying yeah, to do less. You wear it once, but then trim it some more. And yes. then wear it again. And yes. this is wear it again. I've trim done, it some more. I've, and wear it a third exactly. time. Exactly. I've learned That's this with myself, too, is, yeah. is, you know, redoing the trim on an existing gown mm. can just, you know, yeah. create just an entirely new Very gown. historically and, accurate. And, and, yeah, it's totally historical. Yeah, and so don't just be like, okay, I made the gown. Stick it in the closet, done. it's done. Yeah. You know, no. you can always come back to it. You can always add more Pull to it. it out, but you add need more to add Pull more it out, to it to add more trim. Just yeah. keep doing that. Because, honestly, if it's 18th century, it's you're 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 going to be hard-pressed to get to the point where there is too much trim. Yes. I, I, I dare you <laughs> to get to that point. Yes. I double-dog dare you. Uh-oh. Oh, I would like to see that happen. Oh, and then no. if you think you've got, oh, that's too much trim, Take it to frickin' Venetian Carnival and you'll realize, nope, nope, not enough. Not enough <laughs> yeah, Tristan came back swearing she was gonna just I need roll that. around in glitter. She's I, just I, said, I need, I need more trim, more glitter, more feathers on <laughs> more everything. everything. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. A fact. yeah. So, I mean, we've got uh, obviously some costumes we love. Any right. other ones we hate or did, we're disappointed by? I think, I think there was a couple that just, you know, honestly, there was a lot of a lot of very beautifully tailored costumes that were very. 
nondescript. Yeah. The black and white one you guys particularly didn't yeah. like, and there's a great. She, was it black and white? It was kind of a light blue and well, black, we tiny little up, black stripe. It's a tiny up. little black. I think it's yeah. black and white, and it's mm-hmm. one I I usually think of liking because I remember seeing. I've got a still that I've got oh, image okay. that I've got saved, yeah. and you can see the stripe. But, but and I distance. was waiting because the two of them love black and white for them to mm-hmm. adore it, and they were like, "Oh, that's really black," because from a distance it just looked gray. Yeah, you just couldn't see there was a stripe. It's um, it's a later scene. She's uh, she's, she's, she's at the co at the yeah. cardinal's house out by the lake or yeah, pond. Yeah. That's it's, I it's, think that's Bode Le Vicomte, which is where they do oh, that. Okay, oh, nice recreation. Um, yeah. Thing. and and um, John is wearing a beautiful hat. Which yeah, the has hat a lot is great. Of black and white, very striking. But the dress just ends up looking like a big blah gray. Yeah, blahness. And yeah. there was a lot. And again, I until think, you get to the close-ups, exactly. It's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a narrow black and white stripe. The emphasis in this movie was definitely on the head and neck shot. Yes, and and so as as a consequence, a lot of the I felt like a lot of the costumes, even on the main characters, were a little on the bland side because they were trying to really emphasize. What was you know from the shoulders up mm-hmm. because the tight close ups on all yeah. their faces. So so they were you know I, I can't name any more really than that black and you know yeah. black yeah. and blue or black and white striped right. outfit. But uh, I know that well actually the a couple of the ones that Marie Antoinette wore um, very pale blues, very creams. You know they well, were beautifully that's, done. That's, that's but pretty they, accurate. I mean the one time yeah. the first thing we see Jean like, and she's wearing bright red and everybody's. Right. You know, we all immediately say, oh, you know, she's costumed to, I mean, she's supposed to be out of style, yeah. but also, oh, look, it's the lead character. Well, exactly. It's, I mean, it it's, is a co- scandal. It is a, to, I just felt that, yes. again, it wasn't built up enough, though. That was my, okay. my yes. problem yeah. that I had with a lot of the, the costumes that were just kind of bland was that there was, you know, just not a lot going on with them. Except I, I will say there were two scenes we see Marie Antoinette at performing at the Trianon. Oh, one she's fabulous. performing and then one she's yes. wearing um, the, the white dress that's got the peacocks embroidered yes. on. On it yeah. and the bird, and those, I think yeah, they definitely I mean. stepped like it when up. You're, when you're yeah. going to do a pale color, pale on pale, but you've got to add that dimension yeah. by adding just a ton of ruching and lace and, yeah. and the big giant stuff and, and the fabulous wig. Yeah. You yeah. got to be able to make yeah. that step it up to that level because otherwise it's going to be kind of like yawn, nice outfit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's that's totally true. And that's um, what's hard. I mean, I have to admit, it's hard for even me, because I look at things and I think, oh my god, I'm going over the top with this outfit, and then I, you know, see pictures after the event, and I, shit, I really need to add <laughs> <laughs> more stuff on there. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Alright, so, um, any kind of... I don't know. I mean, we've already we've given so many resources and stuff about 18th yes. century before, so I think that's kind of refer uh, to beating previous. dead horse there. Yes, um, but any any kind of uh, final mm. thoughts and words. Uh, the last thing I would just recommend is to, if you're interested in the story, to actually look it up because yeah. they really do romanticize Jean's character, and they don't quite get right some of the things that happen to her at the end. But mostly, I mean, read Marie Antoinette, A Journey by yeah, Antonia yeah, Frazier. That it has, has, has a good, good section on this. And yes. um, I'm pretty sure the Queen of Fashion yeah. does has, as well. That has a good yeah, account, so those too. two, if yeah. you're interested to get more of the, the real history. What really happened, yeah. Yes. Because, I mean, this, I mean, it's definitely a fictionalized account. It's mad. It's got some schlock. Yeah. yeah. It's Hollywood. Of course. Hollywood, you know. If yeah. you've just heard a jingling, that was to lose the cat jumping Aww. off his cat tree. Yeah, it's Being a doll. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun. But, uh, I, I think, um, definitely look into the background of the story and, and, you know, pay attention to the movie because I do think it gets the silhouettes pretty much right and, and it's, it's great a, inspiration for hair yeah, and, ha- oh, and yeah. hats yeah it's and if you want hair and hats inspiration this is the one to watch yeah yeah, yeah. and also better great. than and obviously they didn't use the same wig maker as, or hairstylist as marie antoinette cause are you sure i don't know okay oh, yeah. i should take that back i don't know that <laughs> yeah, but it was a lot better than marie antoinette yeah whoever it was it was yes. it was good it was um fabulous. and i was gonna say it's great inspiration for adrian brody That's yes yes, yes. we'll leave you that. with that oh. yes yes all right, so, c'est tout. Au revoir. Au revoir.